0: How's everybody doing this morning? So I'm going to be honest, I was, every week that we've, I've been up here instead of down here, I've been really tempted to just run straight up. And one of these weeks I'm gonna, and so on that week when I fall, just leave me. Uh, I also learned something this week. Last week, uh, the title of my sermon was Under Pressure, which is a Queen song apparently, not just Vanilla Ice, and uh, everybody knew it and we had a wonderful song this week, Uh, The title of my sermon is Step by Step, which is actually, accidentally, a New Kids on the Block song. But we didn't do anything for that. Almost. Uh, Almost, yes. I knew. I saw Sean practicing the dance, and he just couldn't quite get it, but we're (laughs) almost there. Uh, We're in the margin series, which is about how stressed we can get, how much can fill our lives, how much can fill our schedules, and how we can push things out and out. Remember, I talked about the paper margins. We, we can just push them so far out that we push God right out, that we push family, that we push everything that, that benefits us out. And, and last week I talked about self-pressure and how we put that on ourselves. We, we have these unattainable goals sometimes. This week I want to talk about the feeling of being overwhelmed when something big is coming, whether it's good or bad, where we see it and, and we're like, okay, I've got to do this. And we have this temptation to just jump right to it. And so we, we worry and we stress and we fill our, our lives with busyness to get there instead of taking things step by step. So I want to look at one of the better known stories in the Bible, one of the the most amazing miraculous stories in the Bible to to talk about this and this is uh, the story of Saul's conversion from Acts chapter 9 verses 3 through 12. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. So, Saul had a big plan. Uh, before this, he had a big plan. He was going to go to Damascus and essentially kill Christians. Like, that was his goal. Uh, and so, we look at that, and we're like, wow, he was a really bad guy. Yes, and no, because he was doing the wrong thing, but he thought he had justified that he was doing God's work, doing evil things in God's name. Now, that still happens today. That's something that we see a lot but he had this big plan and then Jesus comes to him directly speaks to him directly and calls him to a new plan now now that in itself before we get into the in into any of the rest of us that has to completely blow his mind and so all of a sudden he had this one plan and now there's a new one and you know in his head he's like I've got to get to it I've got to do something because he's shown such truth when when you see Jesus there's no way to deny it Uh, and, and so he sees that and so sometimes in our lives, we have this idea of where we're going to go. We have this profession, we have this career, we have uh, this plan, and then it gets shifted away, and so a new one comes, and then that's when we can kind of get overwhelmed too, and it's like, wait, but I kind of knew what I was doing here. I was even doing step by step. I was even working, but now everything's different. Uh, I've talked about before, my entire life through, up through high school, I was going to be a doctor. My great-grandparents told me I was going to be a doctor, and, and so I was going to be a doctor. And then I switched it, and everything changed. And then in college, everything changed again because English teaching is hard, uh, because English is hard, and because talking in front of people is really scary, and I didn't want to do that for my whole life. And, and so I, I moved on uh, to just English, regular English, and political science minor, Very brings in a lot of money. And then, you know, I go get a creative writing and all of these different degrees, and now I'm doing none of those things. And so it's like all of these plans keep changing, and we can sometimes have two responses there. It's like, well, I know that Jesus said this, and I know that everything points to this new thing, but I'm sticking on my path. And so we know where Saul's story goes, but he had a choice even here, even blind. He could have been like, I don't care. Like, this is just an accident. This is something that could have happened. Oh, it's just one of those things. I'm having a hallucination. Uh, I, I put too much gravy on my ice cream, something like that. A- and so he, he could have been like, I'm going to stick on my plan. Or he could have been like, you know what? I'm going straight to it. I don't care that I can't see. But when we do that, when we jump straight ahead, that's when we really get overwhelmed, when we really get worried. This past Monday night, uh, so I have a cell phone, as everyone here does. And uh, my cell phone has everything on it. Most of you have been held hostage to see Beatrice pictures, so you know that it has mostly that. Uh, good news, I have more now. But last Monday night, I was asleep, as one does, although later for me than some. And so around 4 or 5 in the morning, I look over, and my phone was on the wireless charger. I take it off of the case to put it on the wireless charger. And, and I see the time, which is what I was doing, and it was like, you know, 4.30, 5, somewhere in there. And so I take the phone off the charger because it was charged and I put it in my case. But I was essentially asleep doing this and so I put it in upside down. Now, there have been times in my life where I've had to do something with my phone, with any phone, and I'm like, I'm can't. i following the directions, I can't do it, I don't know how to do this, it's not working no matter what, even though I'm doing it right. Well, apparently, if you push all of the buttons at once by putting your case in upside down, it goes factory reset. (laughs) And so, like, I watched in horror, half asleep, as like DOS code, for those of you who know it is, appears on my screen. And then it said, erasing. It had the little helpful Android guy there. Uh, and so I watched as everything was erased. And so this is, again, super early in the morning, and I'm yelling. I'm like, no, 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 because that helped. And my dog like pops up, my dog pops up in bed and is like, what are you doing? We're supposed to be asleep. And so like, I run to the, the closest computer because I know there's no way to stop it, but in my head I'm like, maybe there's a magic uh, solution here. And so it deletes and it erases, and then it starts, like the, it all really sank in when it starts asking you those questions when you replace your phone, like, uh, what is your, your service, like what is your internet, like all of those questions at the beginning, and so I had to answer them again. And it backed up a lot of stuff, not everything, and so like I've spent this week trying to recover most of my things, but at that moment, I was like, I've got to get everything back. I have to, to have my phone back to what it is. I have to get pictures of Beatrice because there are people in the world who don't even know who she is. Like, I have to get uh, my songs back. I have to get my apps back. All of these things. And so I felt panic coming on. I felt overwhelmness. Whelmingness, not a word, but whatever, I, coming on. And so I'm, I, I, I had to stop myself and think, okay, we got to do this step by step because you can't do everything at once. Now even more important than my phone, uh, NASA. And so uh, this picture is from the first steps on the moon by Neil Armstrong. And and they did not, if you were alive for that, you know that it wasn't just like, hey, you know what? It's a Tuesday. Tomorrow we're going to try to go to the moon. That's not how it worked. Like, it was very much like we have to come up with this plan. We have this big goal. And then they went step by step by step because if they'd just jumped to it, that's when bad things happen. That's when things don't work and it's impossible. And yet in our own lives, we kind of do that. It's like, man, I really want that vacation. I'm just skipping everything else and going straight to it. Or I really want that promotion. I, I really want to to do this huge thing. I want to get through college. I want to get through high school. I want to get through whatever. And so you just jump in your head straight to it. And then you start to be like, well, man, where am I? And so you push everything else out. But to go step by step is what... Jesus teaches us here through Saul because we have to take things a step at a time. That's just how we work. That's what Jesus has told us to do. And so the first step we see here is is Saul asked Jesus, who are you, Lord? And so it's a question. It's like, who are you, Jesus? What do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? What is the plan? And then we go to the next verse, which is seven. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground. But then he opened his eyes. When he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. So when you have a big thing coming up, good or bad, a lot of people are going to stand around speechless, and a lot of people are going to stand around speechful. So, like, everybody's going to have a take on how you should accomplish it. Everybody's going to, to have it voice, vice. Or, I went British there for a second. Sometimes, sometimes people are not going to have anything when you want them to. Uh, if you've ever been in a group project in school, often you can be the only one working and everybody else is just kind of standing there speechless. A- and so we have to go from that question to remembering. Although it's good to get advice, it's good to listen to people, it's good to talk to people, other Christians, your, your pastors, your friends, your family, talk to them. But ultimately it's Jesus, what should I do? And we go to Jesus and Jesus has the answers. And, and the first step, the first answer is always Jesus. That's where everything begins. I, I don't care what it is that you're going to do, whether it's getting a new car, getting a new job, uh, you just lost your job and you don't know what to do, you, you need more money, you need to, to get through college, whatever. All of these different things that you need to do. The first thing is to stop and say, okay, what is this exactly that I need to do? And then it's Jesus. The answer is Jesus. And so you start there. That's the centerpiece of your puzzle. That is where everything begins. Uh, and, and so... We have Saul here, who is blind. He's been called to this amazing new thing, and he's been shocked. His worldview has been shattered. Everything he thought about himself, about what he was doing, is gone, and he has everything in front of him. And again, we know what happens. But in his mind, he's probably like, I want to go do this. Because even blind, he had all of these different options. He had all of these different ideas. Uh, but, But even though he just found out something huge and wants to start, Jesus says you need to wait. You need to wait. You need to listen. You need to to prepare. And so again, maybe it's college, a new job. Maybe it's something bad that you have to deal with. But you have to to seal yourself first. Be with Jesus. Start with God. Don't try to work God in. Don't try to work that in. But start there and allow him to build that strength in you. to, To help you to get on the way. Because we all want to get right to it. Everybody wants to get right to it. But we have to remember that we are doing everything for the glory of God. Going to to verse 10. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. Uh, When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I'll have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Even waiting isn't the hardest part, though. One of the things that I've found, uh, especially when driving, especially on the bypass, which nobody apparently knows how to work, but is, is one of the hardest things in our life is no matter what you do, no matter how much you plan, no matter how much you wait, no matter how much you do anything, other people are there. And so people have a role in what you do. If you're going for a promotion at work, there are other people there. Uh, one of the things that I joke about with... with with different people, with teens sometimes, is the world, when you walk out of the room, doesn't go into the shadows and wait for you to come back. Uh, uh, You know, we're not the stars. We're just a part of the story. And, And so we have to deal with other people. We have to know that other people have a part in that plan too. And sometimes that can mess things up. Sometimes, like I said, with a group project, somebody else can really mess things up. Going for a promotion. Someone else can get the promotion. The boss can make a bad decision. All kinds of different things. But even then, that's part of the step. It's not to trust the other people, although don't distrust them necessarily. It's to trust God and to know that he is trying to work within them too. And if they listen, that's, that's what, what is good about everything. Because others will have a role in our life. And Ananias, this is a Saul story, but Ananias was a godly man. And he was a part of this, and, and when God came to him, when Jesus called him, he said, here are the steps that I want you to take. He spelled them out. He said, you want to go to Straight Street, to the house of Judas, I want you to lay hands, I, I want you to do this. And Ananias had a lot of questions about this, because as soon as Jesus said, Saul, he's like, whoa, 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 this is the guy who was there for the stoning of Stephen, this is the guy who, who has killed others, this is the guy who's trying to arrest me, because it's okay to question your plan it's okay to question God but when you do question God don't question others about God question God go to him say God I need understanding here and that's what Ananias did and again that's part of the process because one of the things that we tend to do is when we ask questions whether it's to God or to other people we already have an answer in our heads that we want to come back to us and if that's not the answer that comes we just kinda move on down the line uh, it, it's kind of like if, if a kid wants to go somewhere and, and, you know, goes to their mom, let's say Jaina, for example, just randomly, uh, wants to have a sleepover, and she goes to her mom, and she's like, hey, can I have a sleepover? Uh, it's, it's in Kentucky, and, and I, I don't know what's going to happen there, because I don't know what's in Kentucky. It's at Newport Aquarium, let's say, randomly. And, and so it's like, I want to go there and have a sleepover, and Jenna's going to come, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And her mom's like, eh, I don't think so. That's not a good idea. And then she goes to her dad, and, and she's like, "Hey, can I have a sleepover?" And he's, you know, he's doing something We're like, "Sure." And then, you know, it's good because that's what we do. Because we don't like the first answer. This is not from a real life story. It's not. We don't. We don't like the first answer. Sorry. If I can see you, you're in danger. We don't like the first answer. We go to the second answer. And so Ananias is asking all these questions, and he could have gone on, but he's like, "Okay, God, I'm going to do this." And so he goes. And the interesting thing here. And this comes to what we talked about last week a little bit. It comes to what Sean talked about today. We tend to look at everyone else and how they're doing it. Because the steps for Saul are very different from the steps for Ananias. And so Saul could have been like, wait a second. How come he gets specific answers and I'm just told to wait? Or Ananias could have been like, wait, don't you trust me? You're telling me everything singularly what to do. But your steps for whatever it is may be different than the person next to you. It doesn't matter what theirs are. It matters that you are listening to God. It matters that you are doing what he calls you to do. And and there's a reason for all of that. For Ananias, he needed that security of knowing God was telling him exactly what to do. Because again, Saul was a dangerous guy. For Saul, he needed to learn to stop, to listen. He needed to learn that he wasn't in charge of everything. So wait for someone else to be there was a big thing for him. And, And so Jesus knew all of that. So he knows all of this for us. Sometimes you may want to jump a few steps or you want to take someone else's path. It's temptation and it's something that we tend to do. But our path is our path. Our path is our path and God trusts us. God wants to give us this chance. He wants to give us this, this wonderful life but we have to listen to what he's telling us. If he's telling me to do something, it's not the same thing that he's telling Julie, necessarily. And he may be telling us the same thing, but maybe he's telling us to do it in different ways. That doesn't mean that either of us are wrong or that he thinks either of us are more valuable or less valuable. It means that he knows what we need more than we do most of the time. All of the time. And and so it's the same with Ananias and Saul here. And and last week, like I said, we talked about self-pressure, partly from comparing yourself to others and thinking, well, I don't have this yet, they're farther along than me. And we do the same thing here, and again, that leads to being overwhelmed and it leads to pushing everything out, it leads to canceling the steps. But when you are called to something, it's you that are called to it. Uh, One of the things that I've seen on TV and also I've heard in real life, they're separate, uh, people have these Fitbit things on their wrists sometimes, does anybody have one? Okay, some of you are afraid that I'm going to call on you to do things now. I'm not. But I see some of you have a Fitbit. One of the things that I've heard, and I won't give away who I've heard doing it, uh, is, man, I don't have my steps for the day. I'm going to give it to uh, my friend, to my husband, to my son, my daughter, to my dog to finish the steps. And it's kind of funny, but it's also like, well, what's the point then? Because you're not actually doing those steps. Your dog can run way faster than you probably. Like, I could put a Fitbit on Stevie, but that doesn't do anything for me. Stevie's already getting all the exercise that she needs. Stevie's my dog. Uh, and, and so it's, it's something we kind of do that with everything else. We kind of do that with everything else. It's like, well, I'm going to let them do this for me. I'm going to let them take care of this for me. I'm going to let them handle all of this for me. Or I want to do it exactly like they do. But your Fitbit from God is your Fitbit from God. And it's planned out perfectly. This doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're not going to accidentally skip steps or go the wrong way. It means that if you follow it and you go back to it and you remember what he has called you to do and that he will be with you, then you're going to be okay. because with both Ananias and Saul, he didn't say, hey, I want you guys to do this and then walk away. He helped them all of the way. And one of the things that's crazy, your steps may be different each time, maybe for each promotion, maybe for each paper, maybe for each day. God tells you to do different steps. For me, I'm a writer. And so uh, when I was in college, I wrote a lot of short stories. Uh, for that, I just kind of wrote. My, one of my favorite stories is senior year, I had senior seminar. And uh, it was like a dystopias and utopias class because I'm really cool. And I had to write a story. Well, I'm a procrastinator. And so the night before, I wrote a 25 page story that was due the next day and got an A. And so that's kind of cool. I can't, you can't do that with a book. And so for a book, I have to write out uh, what I want to do in each chapter so that I won't forget. Uh, If you've read my book, eh, but you you have to do that different ways. And your life is the same way. God will have a different plan each time. I want to go to Acts chapter 9, 17 through 21. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight then he got up and was baptized afterward he went and got food and regained his strength again this is a story about Saul slash Paul but it's also about Ananias because to follow God's plan showed tremendous faith for him because again Saul wasn't the Paul that we know we all think of this story like yeah Paul's a great guy. He's a minister. Other than Jesus, he probably had the most to do with the passing of Christianity throughout the world. He wrote half the New Testament. But this is Saul who killed people and who put them in change and who was hateful and angry. And so Ananias showed great faith, tremendous faith. And sometimes when you're on your path, when you're planning out, when you're going step by step, it's going to feel like there's a wall in front of you. It's going to feel like something is wrong. It's going to feel like you have to even go backwards to go forwards. And that's to us, to our minds, is like, well, this can't be right. Whereas God is like, listen, you're going to understand this in time. I mentioned all of my my different schooling and the way that I got here. At the time, knowing that I was called to minister, I'm like, why is this happening? Like, how how is this working? Uh, I'm a volunteer, and and I'm doing this, and I'm taking care of my grandma, and, and I'm taking English classes, and I'm writing, and I'm doing all of these things. But looking back, I'm like, oh, that does help me now. Like I learned things there that I didn't realize I was learning, where I felt like I was walking backwards or walking sideways or whatever. God's like, no, no, no. You're going the path that I'm calling you to. Just trust me. And that's what we have to do. It's not about the result necessarily. It's about the way that we get there by trusting him. And again, that first step is so vital by trusting Jesus, by saying, Jesus, even though this is my life, it's your life I will follow you anywhere no matter what happens no matter how many weird little circle roads Ohio has like I'm going to what are those called roundabouts (laughs) English major but one of those no matter how many paths he takes me down no matter how many ways I have to go I'm going to follow him because God knows more than us so focus on him and I love just as a side that before he got food, before he he fully regained his strength, he was baptized. Because again, Saul knew from that point on who his Savior was, who he was supposed to follow. His path was Jesus, and so he followed him. Verse 19. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus to the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers at Jerusalem? They asked. And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Again, he stayed and again he waited, but he began doing what God, God called him to do. Our stress, our being overwhelmed, comes from jumping ahead, it comes from ignoring, it comes from thinking that we know our own path. But Saul followed all of this, and he was faced with opposition. He had built the opposition himself, but he was faced with people who didn't trust him, who didn't believe him, who didn't want him around. There were people who, who were Jesus followers who were like, I do not like that guy. I don't trust him. He killed my friend. There were people who were Paul's old Pharisee buddies who were like, I don't like this guy. So he kind of made an enemy of everybody, but he made a friend of Jesus. And so he followed him despite the opposition. He followed him despite anything else. And sometimes we kind of do that. It's like, man, everybody seems to think that I shouldn't be doing this or I shouldn't be going this way. So clearly they're right. We go with majority rule. Majority is very rarely right. Because if you look at the percentage of Jesus followers in the world, it's probably a fairly small percentage. And Jesus is who's right. Jesus and 12 men were right and they started this amazing story for all of us to, to follow, to to go down that path to live and we see that through Saul. not every step that we take not every path that we go down is gonna be smooth sailing I would love to tell you that after today if you do this you go step by step and you start with Jesus and you go from there that everything's gonna be perfect for you and you're gonna get every promotion you're going to have every successful relationship you're going to be swimming in cash you're not now you may have all of those successes But you're going to feel something different. You're going to feel this assurance that even when the steps are difficult, even when everybody's throwing stones, even when everybody's against you, you feel him with you. And you know that you can come back to church each week and say, okay, I feel connected to these people. Sean mentioned community and how we say our names to people. Everyone here is a community. We're friends. We're family. We may not know everybody's names right now, but we're here for the same purpose. We're at the same point on our path. And then we're able to have this this home base, so to speak, where we can join together, we can worship together, we can pray together, we can be together. And that is where, even though the world around us won't be smooth sailing, this is where we feel that. Where we feel that refreshment, where we feel that we can go forward, going to Acts chapter 9, 28 through 31. So Saul stayed stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He debated with some Greek-speaking Jews, uh, but they tried to murder him. When the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus, his hometown. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. He debated what he believed, he talked about what he believed, and he was almost killed. Over and over and over again, yet he kept doing it. Sometimes it's going to feel like that. Like I've said to the teens a lot, this is a presidential election. And no matter which side of the line you're on, you're going to have people try to fight you. No matter what you think, you're going to have people say, you're an idiot for thinking that. And so it's going to be hard sometimes to live the Christian life, to live the Christian path, to do what you know you're supposed to do when everybody else is saying, hey, you're stupid, shut up. Or, hey, how could you possibly think that? And again, this is both sides. You'll see in campaign commercials, again, on both sides, it's not, this is why you should vote for me, it's, this is why my opponent is awful. And so we see all of that, and that all comes into us, and it's like, well, this is what I should be. No, no, no. Saul didn't give in to almost being murdered, even though he probably in his heart knew, I deserve this. I've done this to others. Oh, I get it. This is what has happened to others. But he accepted the help of his brothers, of his his friends, of his new family in Christ. One of the hardest things to do is to accept help. We can give help all of the time. If somebody needs help, we're right there because it feels good to help. But man, it's hard to ask for help. It's hard to ask when when you need a a, a ride. It's hard to ask when you need a couple bucks. It's hard to ask when you need somebody to listen because we don't think we're as important as everyone else. Now, on one hand, that's good because we, we don't downplay everyone else's problems. But on the other, not doing that doesn't mean that ours don't matter. And so Saul accepted help. That's a part of this, to accept help along the way. Your journey is not less successful if you need help to get there. Everybody does at some point. Everybody needs somebody to be there and and to help them along the way. And we see that as he followed this path, eventually the church had peace for a time. He still had opposition all around him and so did the church, but they grew and, and they felt success. It wasn't world success, it was God's success and that's what we can all do. Because he kept God first, and because God was first, it was easy to come back to him and to remember that. Tomorrow, whether you're at work or school or wherever else, something is going to come up that is hard to deal with, something. Family-related, school-related, home-related, work-related, something. And you're going to immediately forget everything today. Not everything but you're going to be like, man, this is overwhelming. What do I do? And so look to Jesus first. Remember that. There's two more short scriptures I want to read that will help you with that, with something hard. This is Philippians 4.13. For I can do any, everything through Christ who gives me strength. Everything. When the steps are hard, you can do everything through Christ. When, when the steps seem backwards, you can do everything through Christ. It's not everything at once, but it's everything in its time. And this was written by Paul, who knew this intimately. And he probably had to say this to himself over and over and over again, because sometimes you're going to have to say this to yourself over and over and over again. Even if you don't remember the rest of what I've said, remember that, that you can do anything, everything, through Christ, because he's giving you strength, and that's going to help you along the way. Believe it. The last verse is Matthew 6.33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. If you have your apps, add this. If you have a piece of paper, write it. Because this is always the first step. You can do everything through Christ who gives you strength. And then seek God first. Remember him first. Go to him first. Follow what he says first. Live righteously. Do whatever you can. Remember it every day. No matter what the question is, the first answer is Jesus, and He will help you with the rest of it. I can promise you that. I've experienced that. And there have absolutely been times in my life where I've not done that, where I've thought that I can just jump from A to Z. I thought that I can do this or that. And God undoubtedly, every time, reminds me whoa, whoa, whoa. I led Saul along the way for a reason, he didn't just become Paul overnight. And I'm doing the same for you. I'm doing the same for Julie. I'm doing the same for everyone else here. I am leading. Just listen to me. Follow me. Seek me first and trust me. Whether it's something good, something bad, if you seek him first and trust him, all of the rest of the steps will become more clear because he wants us to succeed and he will not leave. No matter what happens the rest of your week, the rest of your month, the rest of your year, the rest of your life, if you seek him first, he will help you. He will never call you or put you through something and say, see you in six months. Seek him first, and he will give you strength. He will always be with you, and no matter what happens, you will feel him along the way. That's all I got. Please stand. Sometimes it's hard. Uh, I have said this before, but I'm very in my own head. I said this last week. And so, as the service was going along, uh, I had, like, this little paper, and I asked for it, and it shows, like, when everything's supposed to happen and what's supposed to happen. And I'm kind of glued to the times. I'm like, oh, no, we're behind. I'm going to have to to drop this. I'm going to have to cut this. Because in my head, I'm always like, man, I talk too much. And sometimes people tell me that. But as... Sean began speaking about don't fear you know wake up I'm like okay I had to put my phone away I paid attention I'm not leaving you here until 12:30 but I had to put my phone away and be like wait 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 this is for him the first step is not jumping ahead to what if you go too long the first step is not jumping ahead to what if you're not funny enough the first step is not jumping ahead to what if what if if what if what if it's jesus Center me on you and help me to go along the path. Most of the things, if not all of the things that I speak about when I preach, are to me as much as to you. And I would imagine Julie and Tim could say the same. Because God speaks to us in everything. And so whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever it is you see coming up, even if it's huge, even if it's bad, even if it's it's potentially tragic, remember that Jesus has a plan that he has a step for you, after step, and and so accept help, ask for help, (coughs) trust him, let us know, pray with us, but seek him first. Please bow your heads. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for bringing us together here today. I thank you so much for giving us this chance to worship you, for giving us this chance to, to fix our margins on you to start with you. Help us, Lord, to, to begin again this week with this life, to, to begin today by focusing on you first and then going from there. Be with everyone who has something huge, something bad, something good, whatever it is on the horizon, be with them and help them to feel you each step of the way. Help them to, to feel the steps clarify and, and to feel their life clarify. Help us all, Lord, to follow you and to f- focus on you, to remember that you are with us every step of the way and to be there for everyone else and remind them with our lives, with our words, with our action, with who we are in you. In your name we pray, amen. You're dismissed.